Two weeks ago, I started talking about confidence, confidence in God. And I was about to start into three themes, and I got through with one, and I'm just going to barely touch on that again. The first of two, three, the first two, I only got to the first one of three themes related to confidence. The three themes are number one, confidence toward God, number two, confidence toward our fellow believers, and, conf- and the warning against giving up our confidence. There's warnings against not having confidence. So let's quickly review uh, Psalm 27, verse 1. This is confidence in God. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came to me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. The secret of David's success, David's victory throughout his life, was his tremendous confidence in God. No matter what happened, whether his enemies came against him to devour his flesh or armies rose against him in war, he was absolutely confident in the Lord. Um, I I use this example over and over and over, but I'm going to use it again. When he showed up, Against the when the when the Philistines were coming against the children of Israel, and there stood uh, Goliath giving out Goliath's word, not God's word, Goliath's word, saying, "Who's going to come out and fight me?" And you know what? Goliath established the rules of engagement. Let me tell you, the enemy cannot do that. The only way the enemy can establish the rules of engagement is if we let him. God establishes the, rule of, the, the rules of engagement. His way will always work, no matter what the enemy's saying. But David walks up and says, who is this nut standing out here, and why are y'all hiding back here? His brother said, oh, shut up, David, and go back home. You just showed up just so you could see the parties, just so you could see the show. He's like, wait a minute. Aren't you hearing what I'm hearing? Why? Because of his confidence in God. Out in the fields during his day, he is worshiping. He is learning about God. He had a heart toward God. And here he shows up and says, wait a minute, that doesn't line up. Do you know what will happen if you get in the Word? Do you know what will happen if you completely give your heart to the Lord and start seeking Him? You'll start to recognize when it's not God's Word. And you'll stand up and say, wait a minute, what are we doing? Somebody stand up. Well, nobody's going to stand up. Who's going to do it? Well, I'll do it. Everybody says, no, you can't do it. Why? You're too small. You're too pretty. You're not a fighter. No, I'll do it. Okay, then put all my stuff on. Okay. Puts it on. It doesn't work. Take it off. Okay. I don't need it. Somebody go get me five rocks. That's all I need. Wait a minute. Didn't you see what you're up against? Though war may rise against me. Though, my, though an army may encamp against me, in this I will be confident. He's got the entire army of Israel afraid. Now, don't you think a normal person would walk in there and be afraid too just because everybody else is afraid? Isn't that how that goes? But not him. And what does he do? He shows up and he takes him out. Goes and cuts his head off and holds it up. Look at what I did. Look how big my daddy is. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 23 says this, 
Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Bible consistently tells his people, tells God's people not to fear. Verse 26 tells us where to find the confidence. The Lord will be your confidence. The Lord will be your confidence. He will keep your foot from being caught. Let me tell you, God doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's always in control. He's never frustrated. He's never flustered. There's, he's never in an unexpected situation. He always has the answer. Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. When we have a right attitude toward God, there is no need for worry. He is our shelter and place of protection. Now, again, I'm still reviewing. I'm going to be lucky to get very far tonight, but I don't care. In the New Testament, the Greek word for confidence, do you remember what it was? It's a forceful word. It is confidence in speech. The secular Greek usage denoted it from the freedom of speech or having the right to say what you think. Again, we see an almost an exact equivalent of our uh, liberty of speech guaranteed by our American Constitution. It implies that we do not have to be silent about what we believe. You have a right to say it and no one can silence you. It's kind of a bill of rights word. And in the New Testament, the first scripture we look at deals with having confidence toward God in prayer. 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our, hearts, if, our hearts does not con- if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. What does that mean? It means we can say anything we want to God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now catch this. Do you see this? Notice again, the basic requirement for your prayers to be answered is confidence. It's easy for us to single out verse 22, but we need to read verse 21. Do you see the other requirement to our prayers being answered? And we, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If you are a Christ follower, you are following Christ's example. It's more than just saying, I'm a Christian, and all these blessings come with that. No, being a Christian is someone who follows Christ in his way. When we follow his way, we have confidence in who he is, we increase our faith, and we begin to to get into his word and obey his word and follow his word. When we follow his word, then whatever we ask, we receive. I'm going to say it again. We have a part to play. And when we play our part, we have a right to expect God to do his part. You know, God likes to be held to his word. He likes to be reminded of his word. 
He is looking for someone to speak his word so that he can follow up and perform it. His word tells us that. I know I sound like a broken record. I don't care. Keep doing his word. He'll do his part. He is, it says that he was faithful even when we weren't faithful. He will remain to be faithful even if we're not faithful. And to, to give you a little bit of, 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 a, of an encouragement, he knows you're not perfect. That's why he gave us the blood of Jesus. That's why he gave his son to die on the cross for us because he knew we would fall down and he gave us a way back. He gave us this gift of repentance. That is part of our covenant. That when we fall down, if we will repent, we will be restored. So you sit here and think, you know, I know that this even crosses my mind because we keep his commandments. Well, I can't say I do that 100% of the time. Something that's really helped is getting this light down here. That's really helped. I'm not sitting there. I'm not fearing for my life. I'm not fearing for my kid's life. I'm not fearing for your life. I'm not yelling at the people in front of me and yelling at the people pulling out in front of me. I'm not, you know. God removed confusion from that. I know everybody's still kind of struggling trying to figure out how it all works, but if you'll stick to what they laid out, it works. Man, that'll preach. Stick to his word. It works. Whether you understand it or not, your understanding doesn't really matter. I mean, we want to understand, but do you know if when I tell my child to do the right thing, it doesn't matter not whether they understand it. What matters is that they obey it. Their understanding, if it's not here now, it'll come. How many of you didn't understand what your parents were asking you to do until you got older? Then you got it. And you know what? They were right. telling you somebody can get free basic requirement is confidence all right let's uh, let's jump into some some new stuff tonight this is confidence in other believers in fellow believers and i i think that we would all agree many times this is harder this is harder for us to do than having confidence in god and something that's interesting is this word confidence in the english translations from, comes from a different greek word depending on whether it's confidence in God or in men. And you know, God does not expect us to have the same kind of confidence in men as we have in Him. But He does expect us to exercise trust. And I believe that this word trust more closely represents the original Greek word for the attitude that we should have toward other Christians, but the New King James Version uses the word confidence. But it's obvious as we read Paul's epistles that he dealt with a lot of difficult people. Very similar to what we have to deal with today. We can be difficult. I know we all want to think who's difficult in our life, but why don't you go ahead and just include yourself, because I bet you could be difficult too. Can't we? I can. Those of you that know me know I can It can be difficult. The Corinthians were getting drunk at the Lord's table. They were misusing the gifts of the Spirit. One man was living with his father's wife. They needed instruction about finance. They had a lot of problems. 
But I want you to notice what Paul said to those people in 2 Corinthians after he had straightened them out in his previous letter. Look right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, and I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you, having confidence in you, all that my joy is the joy of you all. And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came, I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. It's such an amazing statement coming from Paul when you consider all the problems that he was having. He says he has confidence in them in all things. And you know, I think that we would all agree this really does show that Paul was a giant in the faith. And I believe that learning to have confidence in people is a mark of spiritual maturity. I also believe that if I have confidence in people... It does something for them. If a parent has confidence in their children, it lifts them up. If he doubts and criticizes them, it puts them down. And you know what it breeds? It breeds insecurity. Parents who always criticize and never praise their children may think they're clever. But pointing out faults in a person does not prove that you're clever because a person's faults are usually obvious. To have confidence in people is far harder than to doubt or criticize them, and it requires the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I will tell you, uh, even just yesterday, Elizabeth pointed out to me, me being critical of our children. And I'll tell you, how do we all react when our wife tells us we do something wrong? How do I react? Not good. You know, I just immediately say, why don't you just worry about yourself and not worry about me? And I know that's a pretty immature statement, but I will tell you, ever since she said it, I kept chewing on it, and I've chewed on it, and I've chewed on it, and I've chewed on it. And she's right. She's right. I made a pretty loose comment that didn't really mean anything at the time, but it could have huge meaning in our children. How many of you have had something spoken over you by your parents that you still remember that your parents would never remember? That's the power of your words and how important it is um, Elizabeth just went through, a, went through a thing today, and we've all just been speaking positively into you. And you've been so worried, worried. And she had worked hard, she had prepared, she had done everything right. But all she could see was the, was the obstacle. Um, she was taking the mat test for, uh, uh, for graduate school. You have to take this goofy test to be able to be accepted into graduate school, the math test. And it's crazy stuff she had to study. And she studied and studied and studied. And I was, I was uh, encouraging her before she went in. I said, honey, you're going to do great. And she's sitting there thinking, man, this is going to be awful. I'm gonna have to, it's like the ACT. I'm going to have to take it again, take it again. I'm like, so what? Just take it. Just take it and get it behind you. Then you'll know what to do the next time. Just take it. You've worked hard. Yeah, but I can't get it right. I know. And I'm like, just go take it. And as she was taking it, as she was taking it, I started thinking, she's prepared. She's worked hard. She's not slept. She's worked hard. She's going to do good. In the name of Jesus, let her do good. Let her remember. Came back and she, the people in the elevator, she made the highest grade in the, whole eleva- in the, in the elevator with the people. Anyway. 
So, but what I'm saying is, we prepare, we do God's, we, we do the right thing in the Lord, then we've got to, we've got to have some faith to believe we're going to get through it. Through it with your marriage, through it with your family, through it with your kids, through it with what's going on. I was telling somebody today that, and I hate to even bring this up, but I went through some stuff as a kid, and I felt like there was a point where my mom was ready to just be done with me. And I'm sure I'm being a little dramatic, but I thought, she's done. And my, my dad, who is uh, ex-military, not ex-military, but was former military, very structured, very structured. I'm structured. That's where I get that from. But full of mercy and compassion. I'm not trying to make my mom into a non-merciful person. If anybody has kept me alive through prayer, it's been her. I don't know where I was going with this. Believing that God can do what needs to be done. You know, like with me as a child, with our children, with your children. We've got to have confidence in God. Not confidence in the system. Not confidence in our economy. Not confidence even in our president. And you know what? We're supposed to pray for our president. We're supposed to be confident in God. And you know what? Our president has been placed over us by God. So we trust God to work through our president. And we pray for our president. And in in knowing the way that kingdom authority is lined up, we can have confidence in our president. Is Is he there placed by God? Yes. Can we trust God? Yes. Okay. Don't don't make this too too big. Don't make it into a political party. Don't don't do that. Trust God. Trust God. We've got a, you know, an election coming up. Trust God. Pray. Do your homework. Trust God. Prepare. Prepare your kids. Prepare your marriage. Storms are going to come. You know, we've had a drought, but the rain's coming. Prepare. Did I just lose you guys saying we can have confidence in our president? Don't. Don't. Don't do that. Pray for our president. Quit fussing about our president and pray for him. It will do you good. Is it hot in here or is it just me? (laughs) Galatians chapter 5. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that that you will have no no other mind, but, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Now he's talking about his fellow believers. Do you catch that? I have confidence in you and the Lord that you will have, this is the letter to the Galatians, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can you believe that about everyone in the church? Can you believe that about everyone in our church? Do you really believe that the Lord will finish what he started in each one of their lives? If you do, then you'll feel differently about the people that you fellowship with. You know what? You may still be aware of their problems, but you'll see them in a different context. My conviction is that the Lord never started anything that he couldn't finish. What the Lord has started in me, what the Lord is starting in you, he can finish. I don't care how bad it is for you right now. 
he can finish it. I apply this in my own case. When the Lord took me on, he took on a lot of problems. Nevertheless, he took them on in the confidence that he could deal with them. Do you know he can deal with your problems? We take, when we take the Lord on in our lives, we take on his infinite patience and wisdom. But I thank God today that I share his confidence that he will finish what he started, even in me. Paul makes another remarkable assertion in 2 Thessalonians. He says, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you both that you do, that you do and will do the things we command you. Confidence liberates the people about whom you're confident. Someone once said, when a man quarrels with his wife, his greatest weapon against her is to bring her under condemnation. When you bring your wives under condemnation, men, you're just setting yourself up for a problem that you'll face later. But if you encourage them by your confidence, you will lift them to a place of peace and security. I want you to know, even with that test that Elizabeth took, had I bought into her worry, it would have had effect on her. If those around her did not build her up and support her, it would have had effect on her. How important it is that we learn to trust and we give people opportunities in our life. I want you to know that there is somebody sitting next to you or somebody in your work that's been trying to speak into your life and you've not been listening because you don't have confidence in them. If you can, I want to encourage you with the people in your church, in your life group, in your Sunday school, in your work, that those that know the Lord, place some confidence in them and place some trust. You know, when you place some trust, you make yourself vulnerable. Doesn't mean to, to stick your neck out there if someone has chopped it off before. Now, I won't do that. Trust is, a, is an important thing in my life. And in the natural, I want to trust you. Now, Elizabeth and I are a little bit different in this. I want to trust somebody. She's a little bit more uh, leery. And, you know, it's, it's, that makeup in her helps complete me. It, it, it protects me. At the same time, my riskiness puts us in the position to, to receive does that make sense? We're a team. And, uh, but we've got to learn to trust. I can't do this all on my own. You where you work can't do it all by yourself. We've got to let some people help us. And uh, I want to encourage you. If you feel a leading to do something in this church, I want you to come talk to me about it. Because Elizabeth will tell you I'm quick to jump on board. She's usually the one pulling the reins back, saying, eh, let's, we need to pray about that. <laughs> That's her way of saying, let's, let's wait just a little bit. And I'm like, no, let's go. Let's try it. Um, my dad once taught me, always be caught doing. Don't ever be caught not doing anything. Always be caught doing. Even if you're trying and you mess up, do. Get after it. But I want to encourage you. I want to have confidence in you. And I want you to have confidence in me. 
you know, we're making some changes here as a church, going back to one service, and maybe it feels like we're stepping back. We're not stepping back. We're coming back together kind of to regather the troops and allow the Lord to really position us for where we're supposed to go. You know, I will tell you, and I'm, this is probably a mistake, but I'm going to risk doing rather than not doing. I've tried to do everything. I've tried to do it the way Life Church does it. I've tried to do it the way the river does it. I've tried, I've tried to do it like saddle, Saddleback. I've tried every other church. And you know what the Lord said? Would you please stop and let me do what we need to do? Let me do what, what I created Church on the Hill to do. And I really feel like that us coming back to one service is a, um, a time of gathering, a time of unifying, a time of healing, and a time of... Of uh, uh, Justin Grant had a vision of with the Olympics coming up of an ice skater who starts spinning, and as he pulls it, he or she pulls their knee in, how their speed increases, and how that power begins to come. And I can kind of feel that uh, with this group, with our church, that um, that I've spread us a little thin. Uh, in trying to do it man's way. And do you know if something is only birthed by man, it can only go so far? But that we need the leading of the Lord, and I I will tell you, um, that's where I'm searching, and that's where I'm praying, is that we come together, and we become who we're supposed to be. And I'll warn you, I'm a worshiping pastor. My heart's to worship. So I'm going to stop trying to figure out how to be a a church we're not and be the church we are. We've got a phenomenal worship team. We've got a phenomenal staff with the addition of Caleb and with Justin and, and with Elizabeth and with Michelle and with Miss Tammy. And, you know, our team is just, uh, we are, I feel like we are, are well positioned for the presence of the Lord to come. Um, I'm just going to share, I'm going to share one other thing. It's a vision I had Monday morning when we had um, our staff prayer in my office. I got a picture of a sail. Now, we've just come back from Hilton Head, and we, were, we see sailboats. Um, but as I was talking to Tammy today, I kind of got more of the picture. And have you ever seen shorts that have been done in patchwork? And you've got a patch here, and then a patch here, and a patch here, and a patch here. And I felt like the Lord just started showing me each of us is a patch. And he's trying to sew us together as a sail. And we've tried to be a sail before and go up the mast, but the wind just keeps blowing right through us. But that as we start to get knitted together by God... Let God's knitting take place in us by the word, by the fellowship, by the, you know, the pillars of God's word to knit us together. And as we get knitted together and as we humble ourselves and as we seek the kingdom, he'll start to exalt us. And he'll start to raise that mast, that that sail up the mast. And you know what the mast is? The mast is the word. The mast is Jesus. And we're going to hang on to that. That is our, that's our center point. But as he pulls us up, we're going to be tied together. And when the wind of the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to take us where we're supposed to go. But if we're all spread out, it can't happen. We've got to come together. So I want to encourage you. Don't, don't get down. This is, this, is the, this is it. This is good. And I can't do it without you. I'm so thankful for you. You know, I've been, I've been your pastor for seven years. It was seven years this month. And uh, I think he's finally got me to a position to where I'll, I'll finally listen to him. I've been listening this whole time, but I've been listening kind of through, through my own glasses. And I'll tell you, I've just said I give up. I've tried it every, every which way I can. I've tried it every which way I can. God says, okay, are you ready for me now? I'm ready. I surrender. I surrender all. And I want to encourage you, surrender, not to me, to God.
surrender to God. Let him raise the sail. Let him raise the sail in your marriage. Pull your marriage back together. Pull your marriage back together. Pull your children back together. We're about to send out a newsletter about how this, uh, this coming together is like sitting at a dinner table and eating together and being able to see each other and how important it is for a family to sit together. You know, we run in a million different directions, different schedules, everybody going in every direction, and, it's, and we have to fight to get us all together. But man, when we get us all together, you can't put a price tag on it. And that's what's about to happen with us. We're going to get back together. And I believe our, sa- I believe our sales going to go up, and I believe the Holy Spirit's wind's going to come, and I believe we're going to go where he wants us to go. Amen. Do y'all care to stand up with me and just agree with me as we go to this one service thing this Sunday? Father, in Jesus' name, I just proclaim that our confidence is in you. Lord, your word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and you will direct our path. Lord, I pray, I pray that... uh, that I wouldn't just be a flapping gum up here, but that, Lord, I would walk out what I say I will do. And that, Lord, I know that when, when we say your word and when we follow your word, you will fulfill your word. Lord, I just say right now, Lord, you, you are our leader. You are our king. You are our God. And it is you that we look for our answers. Lord, I just ask you, in the spirit and in the natural, that you would knit knit us together as one body, placing each individual right where they're supposed to be. Lord, that this body would not be dysfunctional, but that it would be completely whole. And that, Lord, when the wind blows, there wouldn't be cracks for the the wind to go through. We would be strong. And and that strength would be able to, to, to take this church in the direction that you are blowing, in the direction that the wind is blowing. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Lord, we just lift up our heads. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory can come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory can come in. Come in, King of glory. Come in this Sunday. Lord, let us honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9.15 and 10.30.